Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training. Introducing first your longtime fan, short time podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling hardcore champion, Peyton. You screwed Matt Green. And his tag team partner making his debut in the wacky world of fighting fools, Zach. You think you know me? Barlow! Oh, I should have just done my name as Oh yeah <laughs> So that we could we could both be the people. This is a show for longtime wrestling fans and rookies alike. We're gonna go through some of the biggest shows, matches, and rivalries in wrestling history, or, you know, at least the ones that I feel like are worth my time. And if you're sitting there and you're saying, Well, this show's not for me, I don't know anything about wrestling. Don't worry, this show is for you. Because I'm here for you, and you're going to find out in just a few short moments that we are in the same boat, my friend. I also don't know anything about wrestling. Or anything at all. Yeah, or just in general. I'm a blank canvas. Paint your portrait on me. Speaking of portraits, well, that doesn't make any sense. Peyton, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm going to paint a little portrait for you of... One of my favorite storylines of all nice time save, nice save. in something that people probably don't call their favorite storyline of all time. I just remember it so vividly as a child. I literally remember this moment of freaking out when I saw this stuff happening. Um, I see why you would. I, I, was a, I was a younger kid at the time. This is a storyline that's really going to blend reality and story. Um, so... Let's let's take you back a little bit. The topic of this episode is going to be the rivalry between Edge and Matt Hardy in 2005. Um, but let's take you back a little bit. These guys both kind of came into the WWE around the same time during the Attitude Era. We've watched a lot of them you know, on our show here of what they've done, especially as tag teams, Edge with Christian and Matt Hardy with his brother Jeff. Two of the biggest tag teams in the Attitude Era, they revolutionized not only tag team wrestling, but also ladder matches and tables, ladders, and chairs matches. And so they have, their careers are always going to be pretty closely you know, intertwined. Uh, as we hear a lot in here, Matt called Edge one of his best friends in the business. Yeah, the careers aren't the only thing getting intertwined, if you know what I mean. Their love lives as well. Um, Of course, uh, Matt Hardy uh, is with Jeff, and then the the two of them uh, team with Lita to make Team Extreme. Lita is, you know, kind of their valet. She's a punk rock chick. Uh, Not afraid to really, you know, get in there and... Take some hard bumps, take chair shots. She's one of the best women's wrestlers of all time in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then Matt and Lita end up uh, getting together and dating. They travel together. Uh, they even end up to the point where Matt actually will leave SmackDown in the middle of a really great singles run to go back to Raw just so he can be with Lita. Uh, so they're... So when I'm growing up watching wrestling, Matt and Lita are like, you know, inseparable. They, they kind of go together. They're a team. Um, so, you know, when I saw this going on, I was like, what the hell? So Yeah, I think that, uh, that a lot of people had a similar reaction, judging by just the, the sheer amount of support for Matt Hardy. So let me kind of tell you about what's going on in the storyline here. So in the summer of 2004, Matt Hardy's going to have a knee injury that he he really needs to take time off for and get taken care of. Uh, And in the storyline, Matt and Lita are a couple. They come up with a very elaborate and just, I mean, we could make a whole episode on this, but I wouldn't (laughs) like to. 
storyline um, where Kane starts stalking Lita. Um, eventually, Lita tells Matt Hardy that she's pregnant. He gets really excited, thinking it's his baby. But it turns out that it's Kane's baby. Uh, apparently, Kane said, told Lita that she had to have sex with him or he would hurt Matt Hardy, which um, is rape. Yeah, yeah, uh, no doubt. Um, and Matt says, you know what? I don't care if it's Kane's baby. I love you. I'm going to take care of the baby anyway. And they decide at SummerSlam to have a match between Matt Hardy and Kane where the winner will get to marry Lita. Weird that this is not the only match in the WWE over the custody of a child. Yeah. Uh, well, this is more like the match over the marriage of a woman. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, and that that too. I just, you know, it just the cinematic parallels it's is all. It's weird how many, like, legal and, like, family disputes can be, disol- can be solved in a wrestling ring. Yeah. Uh, weird how the law works that way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, that wrestling is the uh, most binding form of arbitration. Matt, of course, is going to lose that match to Kane, so Kane gets the right to marry Lita. He eventually will, on an episode of Raw, uh, they have a whole wedding ceremony. Lita comes out in all black. They do lots of goofy angles where, you know, Trish Stratus comes out and calls her such a big slut for, you know, sleeping with a man against her will. Uh, you know. Yeah, just big yikes in general. I feel like this was not the, the, like, I feel like this was, like, the C-plot, you know what I mean? Or was this a big deal? Was this, like, the main driving story in the WWE at the time? I don't know if it was the main driving story, but it was definitely a big one. Uh, I mean, you have so many plots going on in wrestling at once. Uh, I, I this was probably on that episode of Raw. It was probably the main driving one. Whenever they do a wedding, they tease it the whole show, and you know they really go all out for it. Of course, Matt Hardy is going to come out and try to interrupt the wedding, but Kane is going to choke slam him off the entrance ramp, and that's how they write him off of TV. Uh, oh, they- okay. So this was all just one big ruse. See, I had forgotten that we were talking about Matt Hardy's, like, broken or, or injured knee. I, I thought we were just kind of getting into the backstory. So this whole elaborate thing was just to get Matt off of TV? Well, this has nothing to do with the affair, this part. No, no, I know that, but I'm saying, like, this whole setup was just to get him off for the injury so that he could take time yes. off. Yes. Wow. There were much easier ways to do that. I I mean, they probably really wanted to do this storyline, too, maybe. Um, But that's what's going to happen. And so Matt is off of TV, uh, and then Kane and Lita do their whole married-against-her-will plot. Eventually, she starts, like... Weirdly, they somehow managed to turn Kane and Lita face. Well, Lita was already a face. They managed to turn Kane face when this guy named Gene Snitsky knocks Kane into Lita and causes her to have a miscarriage. That is the one problem with a pregnancy angle, is unless the person is actually pregnant, it can't really go that far. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So Lita has a miscarriage, and Kane is turned face, and then she starts acting like she really likes him. Um, while this is going on, Lita is having an affair with Edge in real life. You know, um, the thing is this about the pregnancy angle. Doing a pregnancy angle in wrestling is like like in real life. If you lied to a group of your friends and said you had a terminal brain cancer that would kill you in six months— and then six months roll around and you're still there, you know, it's, um, it doesn't, it doesn't play out. Except for you can't really have a brain tumor miscarriage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm just, for those confused, referencing a real person me and Peyton knew. That's true. Apparently they were a big wrestling fan. That is, I mean, that is a wrestling storyline right there, is it not? I, I'm sure somewhere someone's done it. 
<laughs> Someone has done fake cancer. Um, so while Matt is injured, and while Kane and Lita are on screen together, Lita has an affair with Edge in real life. Um, not on screen yet. I would, God, I hope not. <laughs> well, they don't put Edge and Edge and Lita together on screen yet. Yeah, I know. But they just... do eventually. I was just um, making a joke about, like, if their affair had happened on screen. You know, oh, oh, like, 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 oh, you mean, like, if Edge and Lita had had sex live on Monday Night Raw, which oh, they did. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, um, oh, I fell right into later your trap. after this storyline, there is a, a Monday Night Raw episode where they tease that they're going to have a live sex celebration after Edge has won the WWE Championship. They set up a bed in the ring, and they start making out and taking off their clothes, and they get under the sheets. Lita's boob pops out, um, and they don't actually have sex. They get interrupted by Ric Flair. I mean, (laughs) to be Flair-blocked is a pretty common (laughs) occurrence. But yes, no, uh, I, I didn't really think that that was going to come up, but, you know, it did. Just wanted to let you know that WWE is not going to stop at having live sex on Yeah, TV. that WWE has premeditated my goofs, and, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the problem, it's hard to really make a joke about what the WWE would do, because chances are they've already done it. <laughs> um, so... While Edge and Lita are having their affair in real life, Matt Hardy goes online and just spills everything and says exactly what what everything has happened. So he ends up making it public. So before Edge and Lita are – before it's being acknowledged on WWE TV, the crowd is already chanting, you screwed Matt at Lita, who's a face, and at Edge – they're chanting that at them long before any of this actually comes on TV. So the fans are pretty wise to it, um, which is, I think, part of the reason why they ended up turning it into a storyline because they couldn't really do anything and else. They had so to that's like it. a big thing throughout this whole thing that, that I'm going to be sort of wondering from time to time, and that is like, is Matt Hardy just this really emotional dude who is sort of like, venting and putting everything out there and it just so happens to work out for him or is this matt hardy saying okay you want to if you want to do that i'm going to play this to my advantage because it boy it works out that way um i think it's more like him being emotional and just going off because once he puts all that out there he gets fired by the wwe Um, right legitimately he legitimately gets fired um because of him raising a big fuss about it um, so let's go to where he decides to reenact his breakup with Lita. This is not a, something that was published by the WWE. This was put on his own website. Uh, I think that's very clear that this is not a WWE thing because yeah. it's really weird. It's weird, but it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. So Matt Hardy is obviously on something when he does this. Uh, we see Jeff at one point, and Jeff is 100% on something because this is when Jeff is not with the WWE anymore because he was fired for doing drugs. So uh, he's, like, verbally abusing this cardboard cutout of Lita that he still has. I um, love the line. He's sitting there eating a bowl of cereal yelling at this cardboard cutout, the line of, I'm, <laughs> I'm eating this cinnamon toast crunch, and you're going to stay here in this bathroom. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I really wish he had cleaned his toilet before doing this because she noticed how gross the toilet looks. Luckily, because my internet was acting up, it was pretty pixelated for me, so I could not see the gross toilet. Yeah, it's just like stained and just disgusting. <laughs> like it looks like a college dorm toilet. Uh. Um, but yeah, he's like telling her to stay in the bathroom or he'll beat her ass. And he's like, I'm going to, every time I take a number two, you're going to have to smell it. Okay. Um, so clearly the threatening violence thing is um, not okay. Right. But also 
this bit is really funny to me. Yeah, no, it is. Like, and but I, it does kind of show that like this really fucked him up, man. Yeah, he's not doing great, but even when Matt Hardy's not doing great, he's still having fun with this it. This is when he was truly broken. <laughs> but, like, um, I don't know, it's just weird that, like, in the midst of all of this heartbreak for him, he's like, I'm gonna do a comedy segment for the website. Yeah. He's, uh, he and Jeff talk about how they were the best three-person intergender team in WWE history until... Amy fucked it up. That's going to be a common theme of him calling Lita and Edge by their real names. I feel like that was also, and this is probably not true, but I feel like that's a shot at DX. Maybe. Uh, But uh, DX was more than a three-person team. That was like a hundred-person team. Fair enough. Um. He talked about, you know, he first started noticing something was wrong around Valentine's Day when she didn't get him anything. Like, hmm, I didn't get a present. She must be cheating. Uh, well, hey, he said every other year she got him a ton of presents and things. Uh, yeah. And I so, know. you know. I, you know, it's hard to judge the crazy stuff that someone's going to do when they've been cheated on. So, you know, I'll give him a pass. He says they had a passionate lovemaking session, and then Matt got up, and he goes into Lita's bag and sees that Adam, a.k.a. Edge, had been blowing up her phone. He listens to the voicemails where Edge says that he loves Lita. So Matt forwards those messages to himself and to Lita, and he confronts her as we watch him confront the cutout. Um, now, he says he's going to—what's that? I, I just, did he also, because he says in the thing that he was going to tell Edge's wife at the time, which I assume he also did. Probably, yeah. Uh, I They're not married anymore, so. No, I, I, I sort of looked up a where are they now for the end of this episode, and I'm just going to say I'm happy with how things turned out. Well, Edge turned out really great, so. Edge probably benefited from this storyline more than anybody else. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into it, get into it at the end. Um, so, he's, like, yelling at this cardboard cutout, he, he kicks her and her bad knee out of his house, says he's gonna whoop that motherfucker's ass, we watch Matt drag the Lita cutout through the door, and he's, he's like, you fat bitch, you can't even fit through the door. (laughs) Uh, I just think, okay, if he was saying this to a real person, I would be very upset. But it's just the fact that it's a cardboard cutout that makes this so funny. Oh Yeah, it's super goofy. Uh, he calls Edge. He says he's going to call Edge's wife. He says, thanks for stopping, which I don't know what that means. But Yeah, uh, yeah, who knows. Also, I don't remember where this came in, but I do remember it, and I see it in your notes. The fit hit the shan. Yes, he's just talking about when he, uh, I think he's talking about when he read the messages. He says uh, the the fit hit the shan, which I thought was a very good line. He also uh, throws a picture of Lita out the window and then drives over it and then shoots it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Matt's not doing that great. No, he's not, but, like, again, he's being really funny at the same time. Just like the, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it that makes this hilarious to me. Yeah. But it's something, Unfortunately, it's, the fact that he's playing this and what we're going to see, I think, later, the fact that he's playing this like it's a bit on, you know, Raw or something, like like, like it's a part of a show. Well, and they do accuse him of that a lot, of him, like, doing, like, wrestling promos for real life. Yeah, yeah. Um... Which you know, I, mean, I wasn't hey. on the internet at the time, so I didn't see... Th- I mean, I, I was, but I, like, wasn't on, like, wrestling chat rooms to, like, yeah. see this. So I didn't really know what was going on. I don't really remember the You Screwed Matt chants. Um, there's a very interesting one that happens at ECW One Night Stand, uh, which is uh, WWE's... They, when they were bringing back ECW, they had, like, an ECW tribute show. And Paul Heyman is, like, doing pretty much a shoot promo... Um, and he's doing shoots on all the WWE wrestlers that are, like, the invaders, and one of them is Edge. 
he says, he says, Edge, I have two words for you. Matt freaking Hardy, which at the time, <laughs> WWE had not acknowledged that Edge was even with Lita. Lita was still with Kane at this point. So to have them have Paul Heyman mention this real life thing when the w, when in WWE canon it hasn't happened was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. But that's um, the thing, like, I, you know, and they accuse Matt of turning everything into a wrestling promo, but it's like, if something like this happens to you, and that's the only thing you can salvage out of it, I mean, go for it, man. Yeah. Um, eventually, in storyline, uh, Kane, or Lita breaks up with Kane, and, and uh, partners with Edge, who has the Money in the Bank briefcase at this time, which... He won at WrestleMania 21, gives him a shot at the WWE Championship anytime within the year. Um, and so they're aligned now. They're actually a really good, just like separating it from all this drama, they're a really good team and they really get a lot of heat. They get over as heels really, really well. Edge is an, a fantastic heel. So I guess maybe it's because he's a little bit of a heel in real life. Yeah, I, I feel like Edge doesn't, mind this so much I feel like Lita does not really like being a heel and maybe she's just acting that really well but it, yeah. it almost seems like she is upset that she is now forced to, to be a bad guy yeah and I mean probably especially for this angle because you know she ends up looking the worst and she gets treated the worst I mean that's what happens when with women you know <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, there's definitely an ounce of sexism thrown in there. I, I've mentioned but it before. I, she gets a very unceremonious exit from the WWE when she loses and then has the Crime Time guys raid her locker room and start uh, auctioning off her panties and her yeast infection medicine. That was the way Lita left the company. Yeah, that's gross. But, you know, I the thing is... I. I can't feel terrible for Lita. I mean, I feel I, I, things definitely shouldn't have gone down that way. I will but... say, when I watched this as a kid, I was, like, all about Matt Hardy. But watching this as an adult, there are some times where I'm like, okay, Matt, you're being a little ridiculous. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, there are definitely parts where it's like, okay, you're you're going a little too far here. But again, I think that it kind of comes back to him, like, making making this, injecting this real story to boost his profile. Yeah. So Matt gets fired. He's super pissed about it. He's very vocal about it online. Uh, he ends up uh, wrestling in, like, Ring of Honor and some stuff. Meanwhile, Edge and Lita are continuing their... Um, on-screen relationship, they really don't mention Matt Hardy at all because he's fired. They don't really mention people when they're fired. Except for there is at one point where Edge and Lita decide to have a wedding on Raw. And um, as they're getting married, they get interrupted by Matt Hardy's music playing. And the crowd goes nuts. I remember I went <laughs> nuts. Um, but then they end up laughing and saying, oh... That was just a, that was just a joke. We just played that, and I think at that point he was already fired. I'm, I'm, so they do they do a really good job of playing with that and getting people's hopes up for a guy who's definitely not going to be there. Right. Um, so now let's go to where this all starts. I remember watching this. It was actually the day before my birthday, uh, watching at home. And it just coming out of nowhere because you know this was not advertised. Nobody knew that Matt Hardy was coming back. Even the he was still wrestling at Ring of Honor. Even the guys in Ring of Honor were like, "What the hell?" You know. Uh, so Edge and Lita are walking backstage. They're, Edge is about to have a match with Kane, and all of a sudden, Matt shows up and starts attacking Edge, uh, yelling at him, calling him by his real name, and then the road agents drag him off and they go to commercial break. Um. Really cool moment there where it looks like maybe this is real. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of questioned uh, if it was or not myself. I uh, Now seeing that, that it's after he's left the company, it's like, oh, okay, clearly this is this is a spot. But I thought that this, I didn't realize where this fell in the timeline because it was like, man, if this is before he got fired, then this could have totally been real. 
Yes. So he's already been fired, but even then, it still feels kind of kind of real. Uh, during Edge's match, um, Matt Hardy attacks him again. Uh, security has to break them up. Fans are going crazy, chanting his name. The thing that really sold it for me was that the announcers are completely silent. They don't mention what's happening at all. Right. Um, which really sells it as being a shoot because that's typically what happens in these kinds of situations where things don't go according to plan. They just kind of ignore it. Really, the only thing that kind of shows that it is real is that the camera stays on them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is that if it was if if it was fake, the camera would have cut off. They would have like stopped the broadcast, or they would have looked away. Yeah, uh, but I see in your notes you were kind of unsure if this was a real thing or not. Yeah, no, and they definitely made it look pretty pretty good. Uh, yeah, and and Matt gets on the mic. He says, "Adam, you bastard! I'm going to make your life miserable." He says, "The WWE can kiss his ass," which. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a gamble when you do stuff like this because you're having him bring up real life issues. So you're basically saying the other stuff that happened was fake. You're acknowledging on air that all that other stuff was fake, but you're saying this is real, and you're also having him kind of trash talk the company for real stuff that actually happened to him. Yeah, no, and definitely the chanting ROH when he's drug away is like adds to yeah. To to he, it for sure. He says, "Come see me at Ring of Honor ROH," which WWE has a pretty strict policy of not mentioning other companies. So to have him mention another company and to promote them, I that may have been a total ad lib on him. But but yeah. that's like it, it's crazy because, like you said, he's admitting everything before is fake, but this is real. But he keeps on doing like you keep kind of wondering where to draw the line. Because as we keep going here and he gets back in the company and he's, like, more integrated into the plot line, it's, like, very confusing as to what is real and what is fake. Especially because, like, <laughs> we were talking about earlier and, like, we're going to keep seeing, he just keeps cutting promos constantly. Yeah. And uh, this isn't uh, this isn't the only time – I didn't include them all in here, but so he attacks – Edge, um, and and Lita calls them by their real names, um, and then gets drug off. They don't when they, we come back. They don't mention it in the whole show. They don't mention it on their website. They, just nothing. Just complete silence. Two consecutive weeks later, he does the same thing. Matt Hardy comes on and attacks Edge two more times, um, with basically the same thing happening, with no mention of it once again, um. And so you're watching it week to week. This is like a long time to kind of wait for that payoff. And you're like, what's happening? Is this is this just Matt Hardy showing up and attacking him? Uh, obviously it's not. Uh, and then the other thing is, this is a lot of trust to put into two guys who really actually hate each other. Right, right. To um, not go rogue. And they've admitted before they were really stiff on each other, but they knew not to go too far because they're just – that's not what you do, you know? Yeah, but, and hey, you're both getting a big career bump out of it, you know? It's weirdly mutually beneficial. <laughs> um, sure. But, but that's the thing at this point is that, you know, I do wonder how much these guys really do hate each other. Um, because a lot of this stuff takes planning, and a lot of this – takes uh some amount of coordination with one another yeah uh, so so that part is always very imagine them trying to sit down and plan a match together i would love to hear stories about that yeah for real um the next really big thing that happens uh they you know like i said they don't really acknowledge what's going on on tv except for on wwe's like call-in interview show bite this it, it was a show that really wasn't anything all that special other than um fans would call in all the time uh and say tna is better than wwe and then todd grisham would like find a creative way to go off of them off on them like he would he would say okay why are you calling our show then you asshole <laughs> uh, but so, Byte is a internet radio thing. 
it was I mean. a, it was just like a web show. Like you'd go onto yeah. their website and it would it would stream live and they'd do an interview with them and people could call in and ask the wrestlers questions. The problem was it was like too uncontrolled. Um, right. Yeah, because clearly they they weren't screening the calls. Uh, if, if that's what I, was happening. I think this was supposed to happen. Oh no, not th- I'm talking about the the TNA folks. Oh yeah, yeah, people calling in and and just saying TNA uh, TNA rules and that kind of stuff. Uh, or they call in and go off on Todd Grisham or something. I, I don't know. Uh, but this was like the biggest moment in this show. Uh, Lita is doing an interview with Todd Grisham, and they talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's been happening. Um, and then that's when Matt Hardy calls in, and he says, "Hey, Amy, it's Matt Hardy." And then Todd Grisham is really selling this as though he's he's like, "Wait, is this? Can we confirm? Is this really Matt Hardy?" Um, and this is just a really interesting interview because this one really does. It really feels. I mean, there is no acting really in this one. I. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to it is hard to draw that line yet again. Um, no, this, this interview is, is very sort of hard to, I I say hard to watch. Um, it's, you can't really look away from it, but at the same time, I don't know, you're right, it feels really real. Well, because I think the issues that they're bringing up with each other are real. Um, you know, he's... This is the part where Matt feels so desperate, and he keeps, you know, saying things like "Why, why? Explain to me why." And it's it's kind of sad, honestly. It is, it is. And you know, so there's a, an issue that's brought up here where Alita's like, you know, why'd you have to do this? In, why'd you have to bring this into our careers? Uh, why, why'd you have to go public with all of this? Uh, we could have just handled this like adults. But I think Matt makes a pretty good point when he's like, "Hey, we're wrestlers." We're public figures. It's gonna get out, and um, you know I'm I'm totally not for public shaming anyone for anything. But when you're in that industry, I mean, you do kind of cede some of your privacy. He makes a good point there, and it does make me wonder if a part of Matt thought that. Well, I guess when he went off on her, he didn't. He wasn't fired yet, and he got fired. I wonder if he thought that you know he'd get brought back. Because the WWE can't resist something like this, and that's why that's why part of me feels like Matt is more calculating than he lets on to be, because it almost seems like it almost makes you wonder if him being fired was a work. It does. It really does. I, you know, I if if somebody told me that if someone was like, "Hey, I have this theory," I'd buy it. Because I mean. If he hadn't, if they hadn't have fired him and brought him back, this this storyline wouldn't have been as good. If it no. had just been like if he had stayed with the company the whole time and just came back and attacked him while he was still a wrestler, the fact that he was fired and came back as just a random dude made it so much better and made it so much more real. Right, and it gives this definite underdog feeling to Matt Hardy, and mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the. The balance that's stricken here is like, okay, well, you're going to cheat on me. I'm going to use you to further my career. Yeah, he says he's starting a movement to get retribution. Uh, he not only wants retribution on Lita and Edge, but also the WWE. So he's talking shit about the WWE and specifically mentions Johnny Ace, who is the vice president of talent relations at this point. So he's not so, he's not like a character. He does later become a character, but he's not like a character on TV. So he's not somebody that people would really know, right? Like, like if you like if you said I'm getting retribution on Vince McMahon, people would be like, oh yeah. But like, he's mentioning a guy that just works in the office and doesn't show up on TV. So like, you know, he's being really legitimate here. Um, and then Lita again accuses him of just cutting wrestling promos. Uh. And he's asking her why she threw away six good years, especially considering Edge has already been married um, once before. So he's been married, divorced, and then married again. Um, and, yeah, it's – I mean, it's obviously one of those situations where Lita and Edge are clearly in the wrong, you know, 100%. Um, 
but some of the stuff Matt says, especially here, is like, oof, like the the stuff like, just tell me why, like, didn't you love me or I, I loved you so much, that kind of thing. Yeah, it makes you feel makes you feel real bad for him. Yeah. Um, it makes him look really desperate, and and that it comes off as not being character. But you know, he brings up a couple of good points here about how, like, when he was on SmackDown. He left SmackDown to focus on their relationship, and uh, that is appears to be Lita's thing to this day, is that she's like, Matt was way too into wrestling and not enough into the relationship. Mm-hmm. But that seems to be a lie, considering that he he left a really good run to come over to Raw to be with her yeah. so that their schedules could sync up. Um, I've, I've read about this later. Like I've, like I've read about it now. Apparently him and Lita have gotten on much better terms now. They're actually like friends again. Yeah. Him him Uh, and Edge are actually like friend friends, I think from, from what I saw anyway. But from what I've read about it is that this seemed really bad at first, but that both of them say, you know, kind of looking back on it. We weren't going to be together forever. They basically, they had wrestling in common, and they traveled together, so they became a couple. Right. And, and then that's also what happened with Edge, is she traveled with Edge when Matt was hurt, and then that's what happened. So it kind of seems like one of those things where, you know, people get together out of convenience, and then they have this big messy breakup, and then it, it ends up not really being for anything. Yeah, because, I mean, and alluding to uh, to what ends up happening to them, uh, Edge and Lita do not, do not make it, as you probably would have guessed. I mean, a relationship that starts out that way can't. <laughs> right, right. I don't even, I don't think they were together very long. I, I've tried to find out when they broke up in real life, and I can't really seem to find a definitive answer. Um, I, I can't imagine it was very, it was not a very serious relationship. Uh, yeah. It seemed more serious on air than it probably did um, in real life. Um, so basically, Matt just says, uh, he says, she's going to figure out what it's like to be his worst enemy. Lita's like, yeah, I already read your blog. Matt does ask a lot of questions, really good questions. He's like, why would WWE fire me instead of Edge? And he accuses them of endorsing adultery. Um so yeah, it is kind of like a double standard of WWE is that they don't mind you doing things that are obviously wrong as long as you don't make a big fuss out of them. Right, right. As long as you don't tarnish the brand. For sure. But it, since I started doing this, I part of me wonders if the firing was actually was actually done on purpose. But he does go compete somewhere else, so that makes me feel like that maybe it was real. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, haven't you? Haven't we said before that Ring of Honor and the WWE don't exactly have a bad relationship? No, and they they kind of do work like a lot of talent. It's not like a TNA kind of thing because they're not on par with them. But especially at this point, Ring of Honor was very very new. Um, so I can't imagine a wrestler working for another company when they're still under contract, uh, that to me would seem... They're very big... They do not want their wrestlers competing for for other people. That would have... That's what sells me on it a little bit, that it was a legitimate firing. Right, Um, right. I can't believe he mentions Ring of Honor, or I can't believe they let him mention Ring of Honor, because he brings it up again and even talks about their show where they can come see him at. That to me was like... That kind of lends credence to the idea that maybe it is, uh, you know, them working kind of with Ring of Honor here, because why else would they let him say it? Unless it was like, hey, if one of, is it okay if Matt comes to work for you guys, we'll give you a little exposure in the process. Mm, maybe, but, you know, also he could have just said it. <laughs> Very true. Um. Finally, Lita interrupts him and uh, tries to end the show, but Matt once again asks why she did it, and she says, obviously something was missing for me to go fall in love with someone else. He asks what was missing, and she says she doesn't think that's appropriate to share with the whole world. Takes off her mic and walks away. Yeah, um... Man, it's just so... 
it's such a curious thing here about how much of this is work and how much of this is real. And this is where I do think that Alita is genuinely annoyed with Matt. I think she's annoyed to be in this situation mm-hmm. uh, because that comes off as a very genuine emotion from her, and I'm not sure she's that good of an actress. Here's the thing. They don't, back then, they didn't script promos. Right. They just gave them a live mic, and, you know, they knew what the they were supposed to be talking about. Especially on this kind of show, I think they just said, okay, we're going to have Matt call into the show, and... We'll just go from there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really believe that that's most likely what happened. Um, Matt, once again, he plugs his uh, internet reality show and uh, and his appearance at Ring of Honor before he leaves. Um, so WWE is eventually going to officially rehire Matt Hardy. Um, you know, obviously this is all part of a storyline to really get a lot of interest, and it really did, at least for me. Um, so Vince McMahon comes out on this 636th episode of Raw, uh, celebrating more original episodes of any weekly entertainment show. I like how they have to put all those qualifiers on it <laughs> before they can before they can like give themselves credit for something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he talks about thanking the person who built this promotion from the ground up himself. Uh, but he says he wants to make a good business decision, and that business decision is bringing back Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt's music plays. Crowd is going nuts. Uh, King actually says, he says, finally we can talk about him being here, referencing the fact that they were completely silent every time he attacked. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't um, know if you noticed this, but Vince McMahon drops the word huge at one point talking about how the size of the wwe which makes me just think that huge might be a term exclusively used by sleazy businessmen yeah um well it's like i think it's like a northeast kind of thing but yeah no no no, it's definitely like a trumpism for sure i mean donald trump and vincent man are kind of the same person they really are they both have weird hair both are businessmen. They both are really creepy around women. And they both say huge. Yeah, the only difference is that, you know, Vince McMahon is incredibly jacked and could could pile-drive Donald Trump, no problem. Mm. I don't know. You saw how Trump uh, punched Vince right in the top of the head. On the <laughs> <laughs> um. So Matt comes out, he thanks Vince for bringing him back to Raw, but he says it was the people who brought him back. He decides to catch everyone up on the story. He pretty much breaks kayfabe and says that even though Amy Dumas was married to Kane on TV, she came home to him every night while he was out with knee surgery. Uh, he talks about the fans chanting, "We or, you screwed Matt and we want Matt. He says Edge ruined his dream of having a family and having children and almost ruined his dream of being a WWE superstar. I don't really think that he did that, No, because Matt is now married with children. Yeah, I was about to say, he's, he is married with two children. And his wife is super hot, too, so good on Matt Hardy. Uh, oh, God, but she—oh, she's a—I don't have time to go into Matt Hardy's wife, other than she loves to call out his exes on Twitter— yeah, I saw I saw that that she uh, had had some things to say about Lita on Twitter specifically. Yeah, um, he says that if Edge can live through this ordeal, he'll wish he was dead. And then he says the only thing that would make him happier than permanently injuring Edge or ending his career would be if Edge was killed in a car accident before he had the chance. And both Jr. and King go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, that one was maybe a little too far. I don't know, have you ever really hated somebody? Yeah, but to get out and publicly on TV say, I hope they die in a car crash? Yeah, I'm gonna say that if you really hate somebody, then you'd be surprised. here's the other thing. Again, it goes back to Matt and Edge are public figures putting on a product that kids watch i feel like maybe he shouldn't say that someone should die i mean but also matt and edge are public figures putting on a product 
that's exactly why he said that. I suppose. Because uh, um, that, that ooh reaction from... That makes it feel much more real. And it definitely feels that way. So Matt says at SummerSlam it's either kill or be killed and Matt Hardy will not die. Um, so we're going to go to another episode of Bite This. I looked all over the place for the whole version of this and can't find it anywhere. So we're only going to get the second half of this. But they decide to have an interview. And this one obviously feels a lot more scripted than the other one. Yes, it um, does. Well, Edge and Lita and Matt Hardy are all talking on Bite This. Uh, Matt says there are no writers, agents, or McMahons that can stop him at SummerSlam. I always think the funny thing about work shoots is that they recognize that there are writers and that it's scripted, but then proceed to talk about their fight as if it's a real fight. I know. That's what I love about this is that so the uh, Edge accuses him of talking in promos, and Matt's like, yeah, I do talk in promos. And Edge says something about uh, or just immediately after he accuses Matt of talking in wrestling promos he looks directly at the camera and mentions SummerSlam (laughs) yeah it is it's so weird because it's like oh does W does WWE want us to think everything up until now has been fake but this one match is gonna be an actual fight (laughs) but they will be wearing wrestling clothes there will be a referee and they will do wrestling moves that require them to work together to <laughs> accomplish. Uh, but yeah, uh, Todd asks Edge about the uh, the car accident promo. He says he needs to get a life. Edge admits that he'd made a mistake. Uh, but then he says it's time for Matt to nut up or shut the fuck up. Uh Matt says when you strip all the wrestling horseshit away, there's no one who can stop him. He says he's Edge's worst nightmare. So we have gotten a lot of buildup coming into this match, SummerSlam 2005. Um, what do you think? Are you excited? Yeah, absolutely. I um, was, I was, I was pretty hyped to to see this. Unfortunately, this match, uh, I feel like maybe doesn't really deliver. Yeah, it doesn't. It, you're correct. Uh, JR talks about how tough a job the referee is going to have. King just talks about how hot Lita is because, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. It's... Matt runs straight to the ring, but Edge meets him outside, and they start brawling on the outside. They go into the ring a little bit. The crowd chants, she's a crack whore at Lita. Yeah, wow. Um, That's rough. Uh, this you know, obviously is mostly a brawl. What are you going to say? Uh, just that, you know, I really do wonder at this point how much heat exists between Matt and Edge. I'm sure still plenty, and, and you know, they've talked about it. You know, they were kind of stiff on each other, but good on them to not actually hurt one another. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is that is kind of crazy. That because you, you know, when you get hit with something, having a brother that occasionally fought with me, you know, sometimes when you when you get hit with something and you just get mad, and you just sort of like uh, lose lose your 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 wherewithal. It is amazing that did not happen considering these situations. You I know? guess it's just a testament to you know them as wrestlers. And I think part of it is that they know that this is such a high-interest storyline that people are watching them that they really have to deliver. That's true. The stakes are really high. So I guess really both of them care more about wrestling than Lita. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's mostly a brawl. At one point, uh, Matt is punching Edge in the corner, but Edge drops him face first on the top turnbuckle, makes him start bleeding, and Edge is just kind of focusing on his head, punching him, kneeing him, kicking him. And that's when the ref calls for the bell due to the blood loss, and the fans are not very happy. And neither was I, because, you know, you're kind of... I get what they were going for here, and I don't mind the finish so much of, you know, Edge beating up... It's a good way to kind of... 
I understand why you wouldn't want a decisive victory for this match, and so you can keep the storyline going, but right. you don't make either man really look too bad. At the same time, you know, it's Matt Hardy returning. You don't want him to just beat Edge immediately, especially because Edge is the Money in the Bank winner. He's being groomed for a really big push. But you also don't want Edge to just beat him. So I understand why they went with the decision or the finish that they went for. I just thought I don't I thought maybe we could have had a little bit more of a match. I absolutely agree. Uh, the, the, it needed more build up. It was just kind of too much of a brawl and not enough of a match. Which, again, I kind of understand, you know, maybe why they went for that, but, um, I don't know. But I don't know, a 10 minute match where it ends with he's bleeding and the ref calls it is just kind of a lame way to, especially at SummerSlam, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they're trying not to, uh, I know what they're trying to do. They don't want anyone to get a decisive win because they do that again. They have a street fight on Raw, um... Which I meant, I remember very specifically watching in a hospital bed in Oxford, Mississippi with a kidney stone during Hurricane Katrina, and the power went off during that match. Oh, no. Very specific memory. But it came back on, and I, I know what happened. It's, it ends with Matt doing a side effect to Edge off of the stage, and they both crash, and then there's no winner again. So I get what they're doing. They're having two matches where neither guy wins to kind of keep this feud going for as long as they can. Um, they end up having a, a steel cage match at Unforgiven because, of course, you know, they keep not, you know, having a winner. So the best way to solve that is by putting them in a cage. And that's the... the. I feel like with each of these matches progressing, the rhetoric becomes more stale, and you can see that the story is starting to lose its force. Once it becomes more wrestling, it does, you know, it does start to not be as fun. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really apparent here Um, in this match. I mean, this is a much better match, don't get me wrong. But the, the actual driving force behind the story, you get the feeling that things have started to cool off or that uh, there's just nothing else to talk about, you know? Yeah. It was, it was really good... In the beginning when it was, but you can't keep that work shoot up for that long. And, no, and at can't. that point it just becomes a re- regular wrestling feud. Right, right. Um, It's like as soon as they started having actual matches is when it started getting less interesting. Yes. Um, Todd Grisham interviews Matt and says he compared Lita to the equivalent of a female dog and asks if he still feels that way, and he says yes. Um, and he even says it's obvious he still cares about Lita, but Matt says the only thing he cares about is making sure Edge doesn't walk out of the steel cage. I mean, yeah, that is kind of the goal of the match. <laughs> um, we're we're wrestling under pin submit and escape rules, which I always hate because to me, if you can just pin somebody versus climbing a cage, you know why wouldn't you? Yeah. Or especially if you could just walk out the door. The door is the worst feature of the cage. The door? Yeah, it's so stupid. Why would you climb out of a cage you can just walk out of? Yeah, I feel like... I don't know who invented the door thing, but they're stupid. Um, Matt is really kind of owning this match. Uh, He's throwing Edge into the cage a lot. Um, basically the story here is Edge keeps trying to get out, but Matt keeps pulling him back in. Um, eventually, um, Matt is going to try for a side effect from the top rope, but Edge fights, fights back and rams him in the back of Matt's head into the steel cage. Comes off the top rope with a missile drop kick, but it looks like he misses most of it. Um, fans are really getting behind Matt Hardy. They're chanting for him. Um... At one point, uh, <laughs> uh, Matt's trying to escape the cage, but Edge power bombs him from the top rope, and the ref starts counting them out in a steel cage match. Yeah, they've already established that the only way to win is by pin, submit, or escaping the cage. Yeah, that was. 
I hate rules goofs like that. Well, JR even has to clarify. He's like, oh, yeah, he's just doing that out of instinct. <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, Lita tries to, to get involved. Um, uh, she hands Edge the Money in the Bank briefcase. Edge swings it, but Matt ducks it, hits a right hand. He slingshots Edge into the cage and then bulldogs him onto the onto the briefcase. Edge is bleeding. Lita starts climbing the cage, but Matt knocks her down. Matt grabs the briefcase, climbs to the top rope, but Edge pushes the ref into the ropes, knocks Matt down to the apron, and spears him, sandwiches him into the steel cage. Edge starts climbing out of the cage, but Matt stops him, hits a side effect from the top rope. Lita now has a chair and is trying to get in the cage, but the ref stops her. Um, while Matt is distracted, Edge is trying to get out of the cage. He stops him, but Lita charges with the briefcase. Matt blocks it and hits a twist of fate on Lita. So he's just, you know, he's just beating up his ex-girlfriend now. Yeah, that, that, uh, I always, I, that's not good. I always do hate that sort of trope. <laughs> The trope of beating women? Yeah, in wrestling, it's not a good one. Yeah, they don't really do it anymore. Yeah, so much so that you can't even put female superstars against male superstars in the video games. And that yeah. kind of bothers me because, like, if it's a video game... Because you want to beat women in a video game, no, I No, because I want to beat the men up as... I want to play as the women in the video game, but I want to play as them against the men. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, Edge is a bloody mess now. He starts trying to climb out the cage again... Matt chases him once more, slams Edge's head into the steel cage. He falls back to the mat. Matt climbs to the top of the cage, and he looks like he's about to climb out, but he changes his mind instead and hits a big leg drop on Edge from the top of the cage, pins him, and wins. Yeah, so. big big moment here, I think. I, I, this is, you know, the culmination of the whole feud in this match. And it's a pretty good match. Like, I love him deciding not to leave the cage, but instead to jump back in on edge. That's such a cool spot. Yes. And I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, no, this was a pretty good match. Probably the best one that they're going to have. Um, they're going to have one final match before this feud is all said and done. Because here's the thing. You can't keep these guys on the same show. You know, when a, when a feud is this big, you know, they're going to, ha- they're going to have to separate them somehow. Right. Um, right. And they decide to do this with a loser leaves Raw match. I always like it when they they say loser leaves Raw and not like loser is fired because it leaves the window open. Basically, loser leaves Raw means loser goes to SmackDown. Yes, exactly, exactly. It, I mean, it's not clear here, but that is what happens. Uh, Matt just shows back up on SmackDown right after that. Uh, but it's going to be a ladder match, which is the perfect way to end this feud between the two of them since, you know, they have had so many iconic ladder matches with each other. This is the first time they're going to have it in a singles match. Um, It's for Edge's Money in the Bank briefcase. That kind of gets lost in the shuffle that he's the Money in the Bank winner because he held it for so damn long. Um, But uh, we, uh, I, I like the way we start the match. Nobody ever starts the match by climbing up the ladder. Which no, no. Seems of to make sense, and I like that they started it that way. <laughs> it's like, it's like if you started a match with someone pinning. Right, right. Um. Uh, Matt uh, at one point puts Edge in between the two sides of the ladder and stands on it. Uh. Edge at one point suplexes Matt onto the ladder in the corner. Uh, the announcers kind of wonder what's going to happen to Edge if he has to leave Raw and get separated from Lita. Um, I thought that was kind yeah. of a cool what-if scenario. They forecast pretty hard here that, you know, what's going to happen, I think. Like, it's it's pretty clear. Um, it's fun, funny to think of how dumb I was as a kid. Because, <laughs> like, of course Edge is going to win. Of course we're not going to have Edge get separated from Lita... And have Matt be the Money in the Bank winner, like, tarnish the reputation of the Money in the Bank with the very first holder of it. Like, obviously that wasn't going to happen, but I was just, I was 10 years old, 11 years old when this happened. Yeah, and I honestly think that Matt, having gotten what he needed to get, wants to get out of Raw and wants to go back to SmackDown 
where he was doing well previously. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. You know, he got his big win, um, and even in this one, you know, he doesn't come off looking weak with his loss here. Right, right. Um, this basically, though, kind of does turn into a TLC match because we get, well, more like tables, ladders, and canes. Uh, <laughs> because uh, not not Kane as in wrestler Kane, as and not in Kane kendo as in sticks. raisin canes, but as in, as in, as in a Singapore cane, a kendo stick. Uh, Lita pulls that one out, and uh, and wait, who? Where does that kendo stick come from? Oh no, Edge just pulls it out and hits Matt with it. Yeah, because um, Matt to, looks like he's about to do some more sort of domestic abuse, and then yeah, he's about Edge. to power bomb Lita through a table. But yeah, um, but yeah, he, Edge breaks that up. Um, eventually, Edge is the one who puts Matt through the table, splashing him through it, um, uh, and through the and off the turnbuckle and through the table. I did forget one thing. It was a pretty cool moment where uh, Matt jumps off the ladder into Edge in the crowd. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was a highlight for me, for sure. Um. Edge is climbing the ladder in the ring. Matt climbs up another ladder and hits Edge with a twist of fate from the ladders down to the mat. Um, he's climbing again, but Lita breaks it up with a kendo stick this time. Uh, she tries to hit him again, but he shoves her into the corner. He climbs up again and grabs the briefcase, but this time Lita pulls the ladder out from under him. Edge just straight up slings him into the ropes, and he gets tied up. Lita grapevines his legs as he has to watch Edge climb up the ladder pull down the briefcase and win. They're going to celebrate as Matt gets escorted out by security. So this is the end of this of this feud. Matt ends up going to SmackDown. Um, him and Edge, uh, of course, will cross paths more later, but this storyline really doesn't get brought up that much. Uh, Lita ends up leaving the company in a couple of years. Uh, Edge will end up having to retire because of concussions, but Edge really comes out on top in this feud because he's going to win the WWE Championship, his first ever WWE Championship, not too long after this, and become a multi-time world champion, whereas it takes Matt, actually, it takes Matt leaving the company to get his first world title in TNA. Right, right. And, and But I do think that this was, I mean, ultimately pretty good for Matt Hardy. It moved him from being someone that you watched in the a kind of a two-man novelty match to someone that can be on mic and someone that can go in a one-on-one -on -one and draw a crowd. Uh, mm. It was transformative. It's, it's, the, it's what separates Matt Hardy from, say, a, a Bubba Ray Dudley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I will say Bubba Ray has kind of been pretty successful as a as a single star. Uh, I, here's, well, I was about to say it separates a Matt Hardy from a Jeff Hardy. Uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, definitely. But Jeff Hardy has had a pretty successful career, but, too. Well, so. But I don't even just mean singles career, but I just mean as a personality, you know, as a... Yeah. Because there are wrestlers who wrestle, and there are wrestlers who talk and wrestle. That um, is the thing. Matt has always been the... Of Matt and Jeff, Matt's always been the one who's much better on the mic. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I think that Matt, I mean, Edge does come out on top here, no doubt. And he is now, I believe, uh, remarried again to another wrestler. Um, and Matt and uh, Edge are, like, friends. Uh, I saw where he, he went on their podcast. He went on Edge and Christian's podcast, him and Jeff did. Oh, cool. And uh, something where him and – it was just a like a minute-long thing I saw from the WWE of uh, them doing sort of like a sit-down dinner and just reminiscing about like meeting at – because I guess they trained together. Um, yeah. Became friends there. And so like it, they seem to be in each other's good graces uh, again. Well, that's good. And, and yeah, it's kind of one of those, it almost seems like kind of like a high school feud where it's like they're fighting over a girl and then it turns out that it really, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, obviously it is. Don't, don't cheat on people, please. Yeah, no, Lita's but, definitely got the shortest end of all the sticks. Um, but hey, Lita's a Hall of Famer as well. Yeah, and um, I saw that she, she now spends her time training wrestlers. Um 
So really, all three of them have had great careers. Um, Lita was kind of on the end of her career at this point anyway. Um, but, no, yeah, I, mean, I guess all, all three have earned their life, place in history. Yeah, her personal life just seems to be the the roughest of the three. Yeah, well, um, I see that. Because Matt got his, his family and everything that he wanted, and uh, Edge, I guess, is doing okay with his fourth marriage. Um and I saw that Lita was with, like, CM Punk for a while and doesn't seem to be doing too much personally right now. But, you know, maybe she's happy that way. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, a very interesting feud. Um, really real, you know? Yeah, and definitely one that, like, I, I see where this drew a crowd. I see where... And you're right, I mean, it is a very high school thing, and I think Lita even mentions in one of the promos, I don't know how true this is, that Matt was, like, her, really her first serious boyfriend. Um, so you Probably can see... Probably so, because they were pretty young. You know, yeah, they were I... in their 20s when, they're, when they met, so... And so you could see where the immaturity sort of comes from in all of this. But, man, yeah. it made for good TV. Yeah, people forget, uh, like, wrestlers are actually most of the time pretty young like when a wrestler's in their 30s they're considered to be like aging out (laughs) especially considering most of them die before 50 that's what i was about to say when a wrestler's in their 40s they're in their twilight years like yeah um but you know apparently not true of mr hardy what what how old is matt hardy now about 40 something i see his birthday but i can't do math well what is it let me see if i can do 1974 1974 it's 2019 Okay, 1944. Ah, you beat me to it. Well, it's just because it finally loaded and I saw how uh. old he was. But, uh, but, of course, Matt Hardy ends up going to do pretty good things, and it's really late in his career when he kind of reinvents himself as Broken Matt Hardy, which is uh, going to be our topic for, for our next episode. We're going to be talking about the Broken Hardys saga Go into that one. That's going to be a lot of fun to look at. A lot of laughs there. And we're going to see where Matt's sort of uh, skit work extends beyond his depressive episodes and into his, uh, where he's actually having more fun with it. Yeah, we we really do get to see him have a lot of fun, and I'm excited to talk about it. So that'll be uh, in two Thursdays, uh, right here on Turnbuckle Training. Of course, you can always keep up with us. On Twitter, at Turnbuckle Train, let us know about anything you might want to hear us talk about. And, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. Thanks for listening. It's me, Austin! The numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch! I did it for the rock. Get ready for the bonkerest event of the summer. A Three Big Dudes production. Starring me, professional toe sucker. No, we won't talk about that, but we will talk about Waluigi, Dog with a Blog, the similarities between Alf and Cousin Skeeter, and of course, the Slithler. It's Feud Fight, where we take the wild questions most people won't touch and give our scalding hot takes. And I also say terrible things that could loosely be considered word crimes, just to keep things a little spicy. Every Monday, wherever you find your podcasts.